Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Walworth Water Cooler Podcast. I am joined today with the amazing, wonderful, one of the OG founders of Walrus Game Studio, uh, Dante, with me. How are you doing Hello. tonight? Hey, I'm doing good, Matt. Uh, really, really good. Nice. Um, yeah. So, been working in, uh, been working a bit in Unreal today, uh, doing some edits, uh, making some progress on on, on uh, some things. Um, but yeah it's uh it's been good yeah man it's been um it's been exciting times like if you follow us on social or you listen to last week's episode it's like we've been heads down deep in this kickstarter um trying to get the marketing push the advertising push and dude it's um it's it's real it's happening (laughs) it's like oh shit (laughs) you know I, let me let me play off of that that the real part right like people may not understand how much work like you know you guys you and Kurt are doing a lot of the uplift on the Kickstarter and the prep for it and you know and it's it's amazing to me how much work actually goes into a real full blown Kickstarter you know yeah um, right what, what, right <laughs> you, you know it was one thing for for you to sit down and kind of develop the the initial you know you know adventure that was the easy part (laughs) yeah and and at the time you know then you threw it at me and i did you know i did my read through and edits and you know got pointed out some of the plot holes and you know patched those up and uh you know kind of and then the whole you know making one book that cover buy one book to cover both of the major systems i mean was was just a brilliant idea in itself and i and i love that oh and, i love know, it too that boy that in hindsight was the easy stuff and we thought like you know how much time we put right. into those things but man going going and doing this all the research you know the best the best month of the year to to launch a kickstarter you know how much capital it's going to take you know and then you start talking about the publishing costs and the distribution costs and um you know uh, how, how many nights have we spent you me and kurt just going over calculations of cost and this is oh i've said this before is like this is why i'm so glad i joined up with you guys because I'm, I'm just the creative guy. I, I write the dragons and stuff. You guys are like the smart business people. I'm like, I'm dumb. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking for like one of the original early versions of that spreadsheet. And I, I'm not, I'm not seeing it right off the top. Like, um, like people who are listening, we have spent hours. All right. When, when I tell, you know, my friends, like um, it was like almost every Friday night for a while that we were spending just working on calculations <laughs> and yeah, trying I mean, we, to figure out Kickstarter stuff. And we, we modeled so many different publishers against other publishers, against self-service, against, you know, uh, just, you know, on-demand publishing. And, and honestly, we kind of landed in that direction, um, you know, versus, you know, bulking up on, you know, a thousand or two thousand yeah. you know one t- one time prints so it's it's been an interesting journey that's for sure i mean it's yeah, man. It, it's been a lot of fun and oh yeah you know, the, 
and the thing is, is once you do this once, you, you kind of get a flavor for it. And, uh, and honestly, it's kind of a bit of a bug that bites you. And now you want to you want to get through this one, good or bad, right? Whether it, mm-hmm. whether it, we make it or not, and just tee up, <coughs> pardon me, the next one, you know, and apply everything we've done with it. It's um, it's it's been a journey, yeah. But we have we've spent countless countless nights just talking even if it's not a full-fledged face-to-face like you know over discord we're at least texting each other ideas and you know links and all that kind of stuff so it it takes a lot to do a kickstarter right it really does it's um and and i i found what hard what's hard for me personally because even the book isn't even 100 percent finished right now right like last night i was having to go through all the edits where we have our volunteer editor i don't know if she wants me to mention her name but i won't because i need to ask her um well i'm gonna shout out her first name couldn't hurt ally yeah ally ally yeah i'll 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 check with her to make if how she wants to be credited and all that um yeah amazing amazing it it took me I, I was just telling you before we went live here that thank God for her because, um, yeah, you and I, we both really suck at writing <laughs> or the grammar, I should say. <laughs> like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's been many years since I took college English. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, I mean, that's her job though. Like, so she's going to. No, and and she told me like it didn't even take her that long when she actually got started, and all that. Mm-hmm. But um, no. So I went through all the edits. Um, we've got some revisions to do with it, and but but w- where I was getting at with this is it's like I'm a little frustrated because I want to go in and start working on the next book, the sequel to this. But I'm like, no, I I I gotta stay focused. Gotta stay focused on this, and that's hard right now. It's really hard. It, it is, but you know, we, we um you know, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean we have you know, so you know, to those who are watching this that, you know, we're 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 talking about, you know, the our Pathfinder and fifth edition uh you know, we don't want to say the the big words there, you know, God forbid. Yeah, the the Tales uh, of Valiant fifth edition um, Yes. There you go. Because that's, um, that's what we're using on the orc when it comes out. <laughs> I mean, not only does Matt have, like, what, two or three of the next, you know, books in the series built out, but we've got this entire one-off series offshoots that are in the world of Aspartia that... Oh, slowly... I know, your Blade Auction. I can't wait. Yeah. So, the, what, so what he's talking about is the Blade Auction is literally it's just going to be a book of one-off um, you know, not unlike something that, you know, uh, a very large publisher of fifth edition did it a couple times, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, and they, they explore different parts of Aspartia, but not, not so much in great detail, but it's, you know, it's, you may see characters from Matt's main series, you know, NPCs show up briefly in these or become the center plot points on some of these, but they're mm-hmm. just... There's just these wonderful one-offs to introduce different areas of the world, and uh, you know, 
kind of wet everyone's taste to to build out the world because we're not kidding when we say you know we don't want to write the whole world we want to um put it out there and we're hoping yeah. that other people jump on it and start building it out and you know putting lore in place and developing you know canon around some things you know uh it would be nice to see what the community can do with it no i'm i'm excited for that um because yeah i mean we're starting off with basically you know zero community and and that's what i'm excited about the most with this kickstarter like when we succeed you know we're gonna start building that community base and um yep. and when we start doing these other play tests for our modules it's it's god it it just makes me wish it's like shit i wish this was my full-time job and not just the <laughs> the part-time yeah maybe someday right you know i yeah. i feel this i feel the same way <laughs> um you know i'd rather <clears throat> i'd rather be uh inside of uh unreal uh working on some things than you know the the normal day stuff yeah so. yeah because it's we've got this trilogy that we're working on like i've already got i've already started the uh the high level brainstorming or or plot or wh whatever you want to call it uh high level brainstorming for book two and i've got a very somewhat idea for how book three is gonna go um but i'm not making any like concrete plans and then I already know what the next like big trilogy book is going to be too. Mm -hmm. And it is that one's going to be a pretty big epic one. But that that may be like after I get done with this trilogy, I may just I really want to do my alien abduction one that I've teased oh, before. <laughs> that would be good too. Dude, could you could you uh maybe drop a hint is, is that is that big more epic one is it more of the uh, a story, the adventures of a little gnome mage, maybe. Uh, he'll definitely be in it. Oh, really? Well, <laughs> um, it, it's it. I, I guess for anybody who has played a lot of D and D, or I'm sorry, Fifth Edition, <laughs> with me, uh, it is gonna be basically. I'm taking. You remember when I did that? over two year long campaign I've told you a lot of stories about I'm going to yeah. essentially make that a trilogy of books because there was a lot of plot points and story beats where I could easily make it another trilogy and okay. it, it, it and it will fit well actually oh no so I'm not going to spoil what happens at the end of the third book of Silver Flame but the end of silver flame will basically sort of lead into the next epic trilogy in a sense like they're connected but not but you can still play them separately without having to play one or the other nice that's perfect that that's you know and and, and it really it kind of like that is the style that we're trying to go for with this world where you know, adventures should lead to other adventures, but maybe not. You don't need them per se. You don't need to do the first ones to do the next series, you know? So, um, yeah. good stories should be able to stand on their own feet. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, 
that that's where the the middle book is going to be a little bit hard because it's going to rely so much on the previous but it'll be an interesting challenge to see how we can still try to make it stand on its own mm, we'll we'll so get there we'll figure it out um so i want to pivot real quick to the kickstarter so obviously i've been pounding this everywhere on social media kickstarter is october 3rd i mean you see it on the screen if you're watching us right now um kickstarter goes live october 3rd i am working on what i'm going to be doing for the all day stream that i'm going to start at like 8 30 a.m or 9 9 a.m something like that and I'm, I, I took the day off work to then stream all day <laughs> and not relax or anything let's see let me see if i can join you at all at some point on october 3rd if not like i said i'm streaming until uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, at, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to plan at least 12 hours minimum. I think that I am going to be joining you for some amount of time on October Sweet. 3rd. Because so I, I don't know if you saw some of my plans or ideas that I had for it so far. Was I, There's going to be a lot of big design sessions. Um, so one of my favorite things that I like to do is take a magic card from the game Magic the Gathering and make it a, like transform it into like a magic item or a creature stat block in fifth edition or Pathfinder. So mm -hmm. th that's gonna be something. Um, I wanna recreate my town and incarnate, you know, why not? No. Hey, why not? Maybe, maybe I'll reuse it in one of the books. <laughs> uh, why not, right? Um, also, I'll work on creating some pre-generated characters for the modules in both systems. So if people just want to jump right in and not have to make characters, boom, there you go. Um, yeah, st stuff like that. And then at some point, I mean, awesome that you're joining, but if we get like Kurt or one of the other Walrus crew, like Dustin or Andy do like a quick playthrough of chapter one of, uh, the module would be really fun, especially the carnival games. Oh my gosh, really yes. Those would be a blast. And having so, to deal with a certain wizard. Certain <laughs> wizard. So, as time goes by, this this little gnome wizard will become well known to just about everybody in our community. It's yes. Just, he's, uh, he's a character. We'll just leave he, it at that. He'll be a fan favorite <laughs> at some point. Uh, agreed. Um, so, so there's also this, something happening in Steam really soon, isn't there? Yep. So we're gonna. Um, so we've been doing some, uh, some kind of push work on our very straightforward kind of, uh, you know, PvP uh, walrus. We call it Walrus a Go Go. Um, it's got a very long story behind it which will tell maybe some some future date but uh the idea was we we wanted to start with a um an entry level game that would kind of um get us exposure to working in unreal mm -hmm. unreal 5 uh also you know doing things like multiplayer um <clears throat> you know an interesting kind of pvp environment so it's it's just essentially a walrus versus walrus versus walrus game of different dance moves on the last 
on the last piece of floating ice in the uh, <laughs> North Atlantic sometime in the future, you know, essentially fighting over that last scrap of ice. Um, <clears throat> and there are sharks in the water, orcas, birds that, you know, seagulls that will swoop down and, you know, blind you momentarily. So there, there's, um, it's just an interesting kind of thing where, you know, you can push and shove and, dance your you know your walrus to victory and get everybody else shoved into the water and possibly attacked um you know there's mechanics to get out of the water as well um <clears throat> and uh we're one of the interesting things though about really the game itself um which is coming to steam so we are going to try and get an alpha you know kind of a beta uh, uh you know, pre-release up there just for people to download. Um, we're definitely going more the co-op route with this thing. It's not going to have a, a standalone server or server farm. You're basically going to just have to play with your friends. Yeah, um, it, it'll be a peer-to-peer -peer type yeah. thing because that makes the most sense because <clears throat> we're not <laughs> we're, we're we're not big yet. We're, we're not ready for that. We're not. But but you know, we got to start somewhere gotta start somewhere and we're you know getting our uh hands deep into a lot of the um you know a lot of the coding a lot of the net code and uh just animation you know actions um but the, the neat thing about it was the the shark and the bird ai um you know it, it's it's very diff it was very it's been very difficult journey to get um a th you know an actor to kind of move in that 3d space as if it were alive mm -hmm. and was chasing after something so you know there's a lot of unreal ai out there that you can you can get some of it's free some of it you can buy on the you know in the store um but it's um most of it's based off of that 2d plane right like i'm walking or i'm climbing a cliff it's very it's in the end is very 2d um, you know, it's a 3D world, but the the plane on which the AI is moving about is 2D. It's like going over a hill. It's going, you know, <clears throat> if you really think about it, wherever the an AI character is standing, that that short space around them is essentially a 2D plane. So um, <clears throat> we wanted something that was more flying in the air or swimming in the water, and it. It was. Um, it's been a pretty difficult journey. We essentially gave up and just started rolling our own um, because we wanted it to have very kind of fluid motion, like you know something can can't turn on a dime. Like a shark's not going to turn on a dime, although it's, it's a very fluid animal. We wanted something that is going to take a few, you know, a, it's going to take a yeah. few, you know, swimming motions to kind of make the turn. Same with a bird. Yeah, give um, the players somewhat of a chance to get out of the water, right? Exactly. And and we just wanted it to look natural, too, right? So we're, we're definitely working on it like a very natural look and feel and randomness, too. So there's a lot of randomness in the AI. It, um, it likes to calculate random points in space close by within a certain sphere to kind of try to fly to or to swim to. Just very, again what you would see in nature kind of thing. So um, 
it's that's been the fun part that really has been the funnest part of all is getting this um you know this environment to really look and feel like it's nature you know we've got weather effects audio oh yeah yeah you you've shown me a lot of the stuff because you recently migrated it to 5.2 and unreal mm -hmm. yep and watched you have to like migrate the environment over and i mean i i know nothing about building an unreal even though i have told you that i'm gonna i need to start learning the networking part of it and i have a whole series to watch it's just after this kickstarter <laughs> i'll have some more free time <laughs> yeah kick kickstarters to those out there kickstarters take time and effort they really do yeah. um you can do it on a budget but you can't cheat the time and effort um no <laughs> The um, but yeah, getting it to five two was interesting, and now they just man, they just came out with five three, and oh my god, are we moving uh, to that? Uh, possibly, bef possibly before we do a final release, like we'll probably okay, we're, we'll probably put it up on Steam as five two initially, but um, look when you look at some of the things that five three brings to the table. I, you know, there's not a, I mean, the game itself does, isn't going to have a lot of that stuff built into it initially. Like, mm -hmm. you know, <clears throat> like you're talking about, like, like let's talk about 5.3 real quick, right? So what is it about 5.3? 5.3 brings in the whole Nanite uh, feature <clears throat> with landscapes and objects in general. And the fact that there's, you know, the LOD, right, is is the concept of LOD vanishes with with five three, and it's pretty amazing. So what what's LOD for people who may so, not know, like me? All right. So, <laughs> um, LOD is when you um, have an object rendered in a game. Right. The further away an object is for you, the game engine will render it with less fidelity. So, in other okay. words, like. Like a chair will still look like a chair, but you may not you may not see like the scroll work if it's like an old wooden chair that's been hand carved. Oh, okay, and okay. So, so less detail. The detail will disappear yeah. the further away you get. Yeah, it's that's okay. what LOD is a level of detail. Oh, and that, okay, okay. And that level of detail starts to decrease the further an object is away from you because the traditionally engines couldn't keep up with it and the hardware couldn't keep up with it. Um, but they five three's been groundbreaking on that. So, you know, when they render that chair with all the, the detail on that scrolled wooden chair, right? That that epic king's throne, right? The further it gets away from you, the further you walk away from it, doesn't change anything. The system is still rendering it, um, even if you start losing the detail, like you you can't physically see the detail on screen. Hmm. It's, it's still it's still there so th think of it this way like how many times have you played a game where you're moving so fast through it that it pauses or hiccups as the as the engine re-renders the environment around you right um yeah it, you know, that, I, I, I mean boulders gate 3 is a really good example of that <laughs> yep uh that that re-rendering process is not it, it's it may occur, 
but it's not the same kind of situation. You know, they are literally, a lot of these games are literally building out the level of detail again. With 5.3, the level of detail is always there. So um, this, this Nanite stuff looks pretty good. Well, um, so and it's, well, I, I want to ask you a question on that level of detail. And obviously, you know, I don't know if you've read up on it or anything, but how would how does that affect, you know, computers that aren't, you know, that high spec or anything? I I honestly have not looked at it that deeply yet. Okay. So I, I, I don't know if there's a cutoff. I, like, I don't know if like a, a 1070, you know, an old 1070 is not going to be able to cut it. Um, I just don't know that yet. I don't know if these, I don't know if the changes are just like them rewriting their, you know, their their code, their code base, or if it yeah. is literally like, here's the line in the sand as far as hardware. Like you got to have a 20, 2080 and above or, you know, something okay. crazy like that. Um, well, not one, the 20 series isn't crazy, but you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so that you know that's really cool the, the other thing boy i'll tell you there's two more two more real things i mean there's all kinds of other little enhancements like reflections are now in the game and the lumen engine the illumination stuff's really cool too but there's, isn't that part of like the ray tracing stuff too and... yeah yeah it, that that's 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 fun and everything right that's yeah. fine but there's two things i want to investigate and i and i will be investigating them shortly um, so the first one is that they now have like a skeletal mesh editor and like a, a cloth editor inside the engine itself. You can still okay. use the, you know, you can still use Maya and, um, you know, Blender and all those other kind of third party For the tools, animations, they, you mean? Um, no, this is more like the skeletal, well, yeah, I mean, yes, it is animations as well, but, um, they this actually has the skeleton mesh editor so like you can you can work with the skeleton you don't have to build a skeleton outside of the oh, engine and okay. bring it in you can literally work with the skeleton inside the engine itself now which was so so that's a that's a huge deal then yeah like mm -hmm. I, I i can remember six months ago kurt and i talking about that before we even knew this was coming that you know wouldn't it be nice one day if you could just make final edits you know, build it outside, but then bring it in and make your final edits in the game, right? Um, so, so it it that's that's super interesting. But here's the one I absolutely love more than any anything else. They've introduced something called sparse volume textures, and so here's what that really means. anybody okay. anybody who's ever played World of Warcraft and has flown through the trees and look down, you know that those trees are just 2D images at like, you know, 60 degree angles, right? So yeah. that from the ground, they look like trees, but they're just 2D textures all over the place. And this, it's the same with a whole bunch of other stuff like explosions, right? Are you off in the distance are usually just a 2D texture that's animated like a, like a movie screen to show you know this explosion in two dimensions it looks great to you because it's usually you're far away from it so almost all these games they've gotten really good with the 2d effect right 
for an explosion or a big puff of you know big puff cloud of smoke or you know uh whatever right that's gone man they they are oh, doing wow. literal 3d like let's say you know uh, a meteor smacks into a big you know set, you know smacks into the desert right and in the movies you see that big dust cloud puff up right well <clears throat> In uh, in five three, that's a for real thing, man. That big dust cloud is a big dust cloud, and if you, um, you know, and if you can move your character fast enough through it, I, like if you were Superman, you could literally fly through this dust cloud, and it wouldn't oh, wow. look like it was two D at certain angles. It's literally three D. So it's no longer like a as a developer or programmer, you no longer have to. Do like camera trickery or anything? Nope. Or? Oh. Nope. You just you put oh, wow. this you put this volume texture in and you, you you define the texture, you define the volume and how you want it to behave and all that. And I mean, all I've seen is demos of it, right? So I haven't gone hands on with it yet. So that's got to be looks, huge, though, right? Right. I mean, it really starts turning these environments, you know, because look. In a game, the environments, you know, technically you could play, you could play World of Warcraft with none of the landscape, right? All mm -hmm. just gray blocks everywhere. Yep. Now it's the aesthetics, right? And you know that's what makes that's what makes a movie cool, right? Is the aesthetics. Uh, technically, you could watch Star Wars with all the green screens on. And it's the same movie. It's all it the post-production of... aesthetics that make <laughs> right. it look great. The editing right. and the... Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, you know, you could technically play these games without all these aesthetics, but it's it, that's what makes that's what makes something immersive and cool, right? And so it's it's really some cool... It's really cool. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's exciting. Uh, you know, think about, you know, if you're flying a, a spaceship... Right, he goes through a wormhole or something, or or uh, you know a teleport ring. Right, take you two light years away. Man, think of think of the particle effects you can that that volume texture you could put around that to like make it just the closer you get, the more it starts glowing, and you know yeah. spitting off electricity and all that. So, you know, and it's and it's not a two D thing, right? So. And you know, think about it. If you were in a multiplayer game, right, and you're off to the side of that teleport ring, and you see somebody get close to it, and they're going to go through it, that thing's going to light up, and it's not going to look 2D to you. It's not going to look 2D to the other guy that's 90 degrees off to the side. It's going to look like it's supposed to look like that's that, awesome. like the whole concept of it. So that's the part that really has me the most excited because. While, you know, 2D effects that look like 3D here, I get it. You had to do it at the time. Now we have, now we can do it right. And as a, as a game designer, a developer, I like those kind of things. You know, I want to make it as immersive as possible and as interesting as possible. Yeah, not have to learn, like, making a fence look 2d but th but or make it look 3d but it's like a 2d object or right you know or i mean that's all wow was man every single fence in wow is this little paper thin 2d graphic and if you stand on it and look down 
you're literally standing on like a knife edge of a of a fence. Yeah. Right? I I remember then. Uh, God, what was uh, was it Zulgarub? They had fences like that. Yeah. Keep, yeah. In, and, and, and like e even any of the railings that you would go to, they're all 2D, if I recall. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. it's, it's fun times. But no, that that's really awesome. That's um, it sounds like that could be a game changer for devs. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, look, they if you look at Unreal, like if you if if anybody who works with Unreal fires it up, right? The five the 5x series the opening menu is pretty crystal clear it's like well what do you want to do do you want to make a game are you trying to make like just creative content like a, a movie snippet or a commercial or you know there's all these different you know there's a not not a lot but there's different categories where they're they're already pivoting this thing towards just general content creation yeah right and the realism is just it's getting pretty amazing. I'm just gonna tell you, man. I know it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it, it you know going going off on a little uh, tangent here. Just speaking of realism in games, it's to me it's insane how far gaming has gotten. Where yet yeah, we're we're at a point now in gaming where there is a lot of diminishing returns in terms of you know going from generation to generation because when you look at um j just speaking of consoles right because pcs is a little bit hard to determine generations it's more you know the gaming consoles when you go from ps4 to ps5 yet yeah, there's a big jump in performance but graphics wise you know on the surface level it doesn't look like that big of a jump even though behind the scenes it's a huge jump right right but you just look at i mean you've been a gamer for a lot longer than I have. When you look at the games that you used to play video games compared to what we have now, it, it, it blows my mind. Cause I started on Atari 2600 and, you know, went to the NES from there and yep. just got to see this evolution of that to what we have now. Just it's, it, it, it's insane. It is. It's insane what I've seen in one lifetime. You know, <clears throat> um, you know, I, I'm a little. I, I have a little bit more of a head start uh, uh, than you. Uh, I was uh, on a Commodore 64. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, um, the um, it, it it really is. It's it's really come around, and um, you know, I don't know what else to add, Matt, other than like you're you're spot on with that assessment. You know, the, the thing is, is the consoles themselves, too, if you want to think about it, right, consoles are pretty constrained device. Like, it, they're mm -hmm. literally built to be a shrink wrap, take it or leave it device. You know, yes, there's modders out there, but, you know, the average <clears throat> the average person, me, I, I look, I build my own, I build my own PCs, right? I get mm -hmm. to go get the parts, I build it up, you know, um, I do what I want, but even I'm not going to mod one of those things, right? I'm not going to spend that much money, crack the case open, void the warranty on it. And, you know, you're talking about on, console, consoles, okay, right? okay. You know, and and try to mod them up. I'm just not going to do that because number one, if I screw something up, my kids aren't going to forgive me. They're not. They're not yeah. going to. They're yeah. not going to say, "Well, Dad, we spent all that money for you know 
and it just sits there because it's broken and you broke it, right? That, I mean, that's I have to buy a replacement. Now I'm really in deep on a console. So, you know, for for me, you know, those are those those are meant to be just a shrink wrap device. Here it is. Take it or leave it. This is what it can do. And they're, you know, they're your point. There will be enhancements, product enhancements. It's going to play faster. It's going to little bit better graphics, but they're more evolutionary, you know, than revolutionary, you know, whereas like oh, what's yeah. going on, what's going on on the PC platform right now with just how fast they're going through generations of graphic cards and honestly how crazy fast unreal is just cranking out these additions and adding in the next layer and the next layer and the next like I, I can't keep up with unreal i'm not <laughs> i I'm know not gonna, man and i'm I not going to try uh, you know a, a smart developer is not going to chase versions right for a project now the next project they'll look at the benefits of using a certain version of an engine and the engine itself and saying you know that would be okay to do it on that platform or you know that 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 game engine um <clears throat> you know but you know the consoles aren't going to be able to keep up with this kind of pace where oh no of course not it, it's they're always going to be behind um right it, that's that's never going to change but the silver lining, at least that what I've noticed in the video game industry is um, more and more of these console games are coming to PC now, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, except Nintendo. Nintendo is always going to be like, fuck you guys. We're always going to do our own thing. And, you know, kudos to them for not, yeah. you know, falling uh, look, to pressure. I'm not slamming, you know, I'm, by the way, I'm not. I'm not really finding fault with consoles consoles have great audiences they have great fan base i, I, I still love like there, there's yeah. nothing that can beat just sitting on my couch right behind me and turning on the tv and you see my ps5 right there and yeah you know just <clears throat> I'll, I'll tell turning you what, it man. on and playing nothing I, my, beats it <laughs> my kids have nintendo switches and i'm jealous as shit because i don't have one and i can't just play some random little nintendo switch game and like you know look uh, shout out to vampire survivors right if you're out there and you hear this you know i'll give you a shout out they built a great little steam game a little little pc game that you can download and play on steam it's fun as hell it's old 80s retro you know oh i've sunk bit. too many hours into that <laughs> right <laughs> and i absolutely love that game and you know and so you know there's there's markets for everything and there's reasons why you play certain games and reasons why you play other games and uh you know so there it's it's a great i love i love the gaming industry because there's just so much you can do out there you know um you've got i mean if we want to talk engines you've got unreal godot is up and coming um you know there's uh, people out there trying to do their own thing and have their own engines and there's plenty of other smaller footprint um engines um but let's <laughs> let's talk about the elephant in the room unity um it's good segue and, yeah yeah this message to their ceo have you lost your mind right have you really let me <laughs> let me throw your let me john ricitiello if you're listening i'll use your own words against you have you become a fucking idiot 
right? <laughs> Those are your words, right? Did you think you could micro-monetize? <laughs> it's, look, as a game dev man, if you come to me and say, here's here's the contract, this is how we're going to do things, right? Here's Here's how Unity will monetize off of your game development. Okay, fine. You know, if I'm going to use Unity, I'll sign off on that. But you can't come back to me after the fact and say, well, we want to change our mind. And we want, to, we want you to pay for things that are completely outside of your control. Like, nobody, first of all, nobody would ever sign such a dumb contract, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, because... You know, if somebody if somebody decides to uninstall and reinstall my game that I built and I paid Unity the fees that based off of the one-time license purchases, right? We exceeded their thresholds. We did we we cranked out this super fun game. Everybody in the universe bought it and we paid Unity all the money that they were legally entitled to, right? No questions asked, no mm -hmm. no complaining, right? So you're going to tell me that now you want me, the game dev, the this publishing, the studio who put it out there and followed all the rules, just because this kid in wrote know, this little bat batch file to right, this, uninstall, this, reinstall the game. <laughs> right. Exactly. So this kid in Columbus, Ohio wrote this program and he uninstalls and reinstalls my game a hundred times in the space of a couple days. I owe you 20 cents for each time this this kid. Yeah. This was a, a massive shitlord about uninstalling and reinstalling the game. I mean, so John, let me use your own words against you again. Are you a fucking idiot? Well, so so what I found awesome, I mean, it's not awesome what Unity's doing, but I love all the game devs that are speaking out against this so this is something i didn't know these are just some of the games that are made in the unity engine today um pokemon go was made in unity and that is like a global phenomena like yeah. that that like i do not think the pokemon company is gonna they're gonna be like fuck you bye because <laughs> well here's here's an interesting point my son, before we started streaming, ironically enough, and he did not coordinate, we, we did not coordinate this at all, right? About five minutes before I sat in a chair, my son comes up to me, um, by the way, who has got a degree in, in game, dev, game dev and animation. So he's a game designer. If anybody nice. out there is looking for to hire a kid straight out of college, game design degree, bachelor's of science. Uh, how, what else can I plug for him? Uh, Dean's List, four out of eight times, you know, nice high GPA. He's available and he's looking for a job right now. So nice. Um, but, <laughs> and, uh, you can just, uh, get in touch with us through Walrus. I'll hook you up with him. But yes. anyway, he, he comes to me and he tells me the exact same story, Matt. He's like, you know, there's one company that's going to hold Unity's feet to the fire and it's, and it's Pokemon Go. Yeah, there, there, there's they're... no fucking way, and, and Nintendo has a controlling interest in Pokemon, the Pokemon Company as well. There's no way <laughs> no Nintendo way. and Pokemon are going to stand for that. They're going to be like, get oh, fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Could you imagine the CEO of Nintendo turning to this guy, John, the CEO of Unity, 
and saying, listen, dude, it's been real, but if you do this, we're not sticking around. And so, you know, you know, all the monetization that happens around Pokemon Go, if there is any, right, that's oh, going to oh, go there away. Is, there is a crap ton of microtransactions in Pokemon Go. Right. And, so, and it's, it, it's, it's a huge moneymaker for them. Right. So, you know, it's like, I, again, you know, dude, you want to call us effing idiots for not monetizing our games more, John? Let me tell you something. You're the effing idiot because you should think about the people that have large stakes in, you know, in this game, right? Called game development and publishing. Oh, yeah. You, you know, and, Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony are not going to stand for this. They're going to right. completely and, pivot. Right. And if and if the, the Walrus of Go-Go, right, this, this game we're working on, if it didn't have some of the, you know, some of the kind of the 3D feature aspects to it that we wanted, you know, environmentally, right, uh, it could have easily been based on Unity, right? Mm -hmm. But... You know, much like the company that wrote Fifth Edition tried to jerk its people around, you know, well, guess what? Uh, <laughs> it might be a really cold day in Hades before I ever touch Unity again, right? Well, and, 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 and think about that. That whole OGL debacle just feels like such a small, like, small times compared to, we're talking now, they're trying to fuck with a billion dollar companies now compared to you know big old papa hasbro trying to mess with you know these small time developers like when, when you compare it right like oh, yeah. unity's trying to poke the bear of these multi-billion dollar companies like they're not gonna <laughs> they're, i mean they're... if they were if they were taking their guidance from watsy hasbro and saying hey well why don't we try that Right for whatever your calculations were, right? They get an A for effort for <clears throat> well, you know. they get an A for effort. But <laughs> to your point, you know, Watsy Hasbro, they're just picking on little guys, right? Yeah, yeah, they were fucking over <clears throat> little guys comparatively. Like, there's no big players that they were gonna screw over. There, there's no billion dollar companies they would screw over at all. Like right. Paizo would have been the like probably the biggest company that would have been affected and they they're only like a 12 million dollar company or something like that or like less than 20 million i think right so and that's not big <clears throat> at all not big and so you know unity you're sitting there and you're you you want the opposite thing you are going to go after bigger fish and, and you know again man i get it you know you're running a business you got to run a business I, I look i get it man um but you know alienating people right and calling people effing idiots because they don't monetize their games the way you would want them monetized you know that's you know that's no way to build a, a base you know of loyal you know developers and production companies who want to use your platform man if you if you're just trying to if you're just trying to pour gasoline on it and set it on fire like Elon is with X you know, run the damn company into the ground. That's your business to do that. Yeah. But, you know, um, but I, you know, you, I don't know, man. I just think that they, um, they really should have thought that through a little better. <clears throat> you know, if you needed more money, 
just chase new contracts. Like if you, you know, like if Walrus Game Studios said, "Hey, we're going to use Unity for an, our next project," and by the way, our next project that's currently being prototyped in Godot might actually have ended up as a little Unity game, right? Um, there was every good chance that that could have easily been that. Um, you know, if yeah. you want to set up a, a new contract scheme starting in 2024, fine. You know, you need a little bit more monetization. You need a little bit more, you know, fee. You want to lower the threshold a little bit in terms of when we have to pay you. That's fine. I could see that. I would, I, I would, I would call that good business, right? Mm -hmm. But jerking me around on something I have no control over, and I yeah, don't have any don't. control over, over. that and, and, reinst reinstalls is is not it's not how you're going to win my heart and mind to use the Unity platform. And, you're and not. So the the one question that I had for <clears throat> if they went forward with this install charge, right? Does that include pirated copies of your game? If the net code is not disabled, that is transmitting to them the fact that the this XYZ game was installed, probably, yeah, you would probably have to, I mean, it would depend. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what they, what you would have to compile. Yeah. Because obviously you're going to have to compile something into the game because we're not talking about Steam downloads at this point. You know, it, that maybe that's how they're going to track it. But then you'd also, if it was available on the Epic Store, you'd have to track it there. And if it's just a straight up download, you know, what if you just built the Unity game itself and shipped it out as a, as a download or yeah, you know, like Gog. on a uh, Gog, I think, because because yeah, Gog I is mean, just uh, you download the the setup files for it. There's no launcher or anything. Right. So are you going to force me to embed a piece of code that literally reports back to you on an API call? Right, and that, I could see that. That's not a difficult thing to do, um, you know. So if if I'm going to have to every time the installer runs, it reports to your API endpoint, you know, on Unity.com, <clears throat> and, and, and registers that this game was installed. Yeah, I could see pirated copies also hurting a developer or, or a studio as well. Yeah, because then how, was, how do you make that AP? API call is from a legit source and not a pirated source, right? There's no way to know. Yeah. There would be absolutely no way to know. So, you know, again, now you're just punishing you're punishing people's illegal activity. You're not punishing them. You're you're going to You're punishing if, if the that, devs. Right. Assuming that that's how it would work, that it was just going to do an API call. You now you're punishing the studio for like people pirating software. I mean, it's just nuts, man. Absolutely crazy, you know. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I hope Unity finds a way. They, they to better bonk. backtrack, or, or well, they, they, they got to work with some of these companies, and you know, it. it on, <clears throat> honestly, backtracking to me at this point is pointless. Um, you know, so here and here's what I mean by that, right? So yeah, they've already you know, lost faith. Well, you've 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 burned a bridge with me. You've lost my faith in you, right? And and you know, uh, reputation is everything, right? You you can you know you can only make a good impression once. You can make a bad impression a lot of times, um, but even then, 
you know, once once you ruin my trust, man, it, that's going to be hard for me to come back to you. But I would like to come back to Unity because I really like the C sharp language that that it uses mm -hmm. on the backside, right? Um, but but you know, it, it's clear even their CEO, man, he just has a disdain for for devs because you know we don't we don't necessarily follow his idea of how to monetize a game right there's pl there's plenty of people who want microtransactions i get it you know um and but there's there's people like us look I, i'm not going to microtransaction a, a pvp walrus fighting game i'm just not going to do that it's there's the five dollar license or whatever we whatever we sell it for on Steam, ten bucks, who knows? Um, you know, and that's it, right? Because it's not a triple A game. It's not meant to be a triple A game. It's meant to be something fun and small and interesting. Uh, you know, that you just kind of do on the side, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's not not meant to spend, you know, 240 hours playing Baldur's Gate 3, right? That that's not what it is. <laughs> You know, and and here's the other thing, John. Again, if you're listening to this, John Rissitiello, um, I'm gonna tell you flat out, right? I will never build this. This game studio will never participate in games where microtransactions are firewalling the ability to reach end game and beat the game. Never gonna happen. Skins, cosmetics, sure. Right, I got I got no problem with if somebody wants to pay me five bucks to have a purple robe. All right, fine, <laughs> I'll take your five bucks for here's a purple robe. But yeah. you know, never ever will I hide content functionality, the ability to beat the game, or anything else behind microtransactions. That's never going to happen, right? So um, that's you know. a pretty hard stance we have because it's. I don't want it. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to have to buy a game and essentially pay again, you know, a healthy amount of money for some of these games to reach end game. I, I just don't. I don't want to do that, man. If you can't, if it has to be a sixty dollar game in order to, you know, to fulfill <clears throat> the requirements for that game studio to meet its financial goals for that year or that quarter and just sell it as a $60 game. Don't sell me a $30 game and then make me pay and pay and pay again to hit the end of the game. No thank you, right? Be honest, be honest with with your customers um, because they're your customers and if you piss them off, they ain't coming back. Um, you know, so, um, you know, that's my stand on Unity and, and microtransactions and you know, like I said, I like Unity. I would like to build another game in Unity uh, because not everything that we're going to do as a studio is going to require Unreal. Yeah. Yeah, because it's... Um, I mean, I, I know we've talked about all these other game ideas and, mm -hmm. and yeah, I could see Unreal not always being the de facto game engine for some of them. And it's, yeah, well... Like if we built something like Vampire Survivors, which you know, the, again, this game that we're hinting at, that's being, you know, part of you know proof concept in Godot, might stay in Godot, right? Might that might be the platform for it? It's not. It doesn't require 
you know it like it doesn't require volumetric you know textures of a puff of cloth yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's not the kind of game that this one's going to be so you know there's there is a place for unity i you know so i don't know i don't know how they could apologize to me right now um i just certainly wouldn't look to them for anything right now and uh, it's like i said i always like it when i see all these developers big and small coming together and standing up to this and some developers have come out and said we'll just unlist our game forever if you yeah. keep this up and well i i heard like about at the time this was days ago but i heard i read something where like you know at least maybe 19 or 20 different companies just yanked all their monetization they they just like they yanked all the microtransactions from their games good in pro, in protest to it good. Uh, again i can you know in in the age of the you know internet and misinformation being almost better than information i'll take it at face value that that was the truth uh from the article i read mm-hmm. and i have no reason to doubt the article um but you know so there were there were some studios i think that feel as 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 passionate as we are about this topic and uh they you know so and that's that's a way to look how did how did watsi and hasbro get the message by a lot of people yanking their money from them and putting it over to either people like Paizo or Cobalt Press or other third mm-hmm. parties and saying, I'm going to go do these things now and I really don't care about your product anymore. Right? And thank <clears throat> God for Cobalt Press coming out with Tales yep. of Valiant because yep. now we can stick with the amazing Orc license. Mm-hmm. And not and that, have to do because that the that was one of the original things is why we were going to be doing two separate books is because of the licensing remember, but yeah. n- now that when we got the idea of the one book it's like okay that's legally feasible now. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 is legally feasible and I love it, um, you know, and, and you know I think I think the TTRPG. Um, of <laughs> I don't want to call it well situation. We'll just call it the TTRB situation of twenty three. I think that's gone a long way. I hope to to showing that you know you just need to be straight with your customers, straight with your partners, straight with those around you. And if you you know if you reach a situation where you know there's how do I say it? You know, your your company needs to look at the you know the the finances, right? And there may not be as much revenue coming in. Find a way to work with these people to reach uh, something that's mutually beneficial to everybody. Um, because look, <clears throat> if Hasbro and Watsi had come out and said, "Look, we um, you know we're struggling, and you know we we got to figure something out." Let me tell you something. The community would have rallied around them because nobody wants to see, nobody wants to see this game genre die like it did oh, no. in the late '80s and early '90s, only to be resur- resurrected again, right? <clears throat> nobody wants to see this go away because people love this stuff, right? Um, you know, 
I don't want it to go away. I would have rallied around them. I would have bought a collector's edition book or something or oh, yeah. repurchased something that I already well, bought see, again. It, it wasn't even, if you recall, it wasn't even due to them losing money on it. It was due to they weren't making enough money on oh. on D&D compared to Magic. <clears throat> no, right. I, I do remember that. I, <laughs> I'm just saying... I'm trying to be as nice as possible to them, yeah. right? Putting together the a fake straw man that it was about, you know, they, you know, they were struggling financially. They weren't. I'm just saying, you know, like I would have jumped in and, and done whatever I could to assist in my own small way, right? But it was obvious and apparent, just like our friend John here from Unity, that you're just chasing cash. You don't really oh, give yeah. a you don't give a crap about the game, and it, this my opinion. This is Dante's opinion only. Does not reflect my company or anybody else in this universe. But I to this day don't believe what Hasbro Hasbro gives a rat's behind about the D and D product line. It's just it's just a revenue stream for them. Oh and, yeah, it, and it's. A hundred percent apparent. And right. I mean, I, I feel like the devs, the people designing the game do care about D and D, but the suits, they don't. They um, don't. And, and the same thing goes for magic, the gathering, even though I don't really play the game, I still like to follow up with the news on it. And, yeah. and it's, it's, it's crazy following magic where, it's there's so many reports of LGSs are just not carrying the product as much anymore because it doesn't sell um, mm -hmm. due to Watsy's practices. Um, yeah, it, it's yeah, look, look I, I'm with you, man. Let me just be clear about this. I think that there are a lot of passionate people that work for Watsy that put their heart and soul into Magic, D and D, and all those things, right? But the company that owns Watsy Hasbro, I don't think they i don't even think they really understand what it is to be honest they That's don't they don't they, it, it it is on record that the ceo or or one of the coos one, one of the chiefs had to look up on wikipedia what dnd &D and magic the gathering are which is to me criminal that that that's like, how can you be a an executive officer of a company if you don't understand your own products you're selling exactly that that makes zero sense to me that, zero you should know everything that's going around your orbit um and and, and, and we're, we're not talking like oh you have to know deep intimate details like at least understand mm -hmm. what it is that you're selling exactly if and, you have to uh, google what your own product is <laughs> that's how you know you're in trouble mm -hmm. that's how you know they only give a fuck about cash exactly you know and the monetization on the the ttr you know or on the vtt stuff right i get that you're gonna fund and build out your own vtt you gotta find a way to get the guys with all the paper books and give them a break to get into the vtt you can't charge them actually again. they they've been they actually surprised me with what they've been doing lately so um Granted, D&D Beyond is still like their primary digital marketplace, but I don't know if you've noticed this, but I, because I, I do want to pick up the new uh, Fandelver campaign setting 
It's like mm-hmm. it's like a remaster of Lost Minds of Phandelver. That's one of my favorite, you know, campaigns to run. I've run it like three or four times. Um, but if you go on Watsi's website to buy it, they actually give you a physical and digital copy. It, they're taking a page out of Paizo's book now. Wow. Where if you buy it on their website, you'll get the physical copy and then also get the digital copy on D&D Beyond. Which it's like, finally, you should have done that years ago. I would have been doing that from the very beginning, you know? Right. Had you just, had you not done what you what you did and instead done that, where would we be today? Right? We'd probably still be playing more fifth edition i mean yeah. i i'd still be playing i'd probably still be bothering you guys let's play pathfinder <laughs> which we which we did yeah and, and I, which that's our primary game now <laughs> i like i you know i i played a lot of fifth edition um and so you know look i i played the old you know for you know i played D way back in the day um i paid I think the only edition I didn't really have my any hand into was fourth edition, um, and 3.5 was what we were playing just before five came out, um, fifth edition, and um, you know with my kids then, um, and I just I just like the crunchiness. You know, and again, it's personal preference, but I, I just enjoy the the crunching, the more crunchiness of Pathfinder, right? Second yeah. edition. Um, I just, I, I, I feel like I there's, it's just richer experience. It's a crunchier experience. It's a, it's you know, there's the rules there's are more, a lot more defined, which is one of yeah. the things I like. Yeah, fifth edition. Look, fifth edition. I'm not going to slam it. It was, it was perfect. The timing was perfect. The um, the ability to onboard into that was perfect, right? For the average oh, yeah. person, like it was a. I great, think it's a great introduction for new players. It is. Um, it really, it really is. It was designed well, and it really brought people back into the game, or br- brought a whole lot of new people into the game, and it was easy for them to pick it brought up. Brought me back into it because. I played second edition when I was a kid and I played a little bit of fourth edition in college and we didn't really like fourth edition and that's where we made up our own system. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we played that for years and years. Speaking of, put a pin in that. You heard oh, it. Oh, I know. People, you, you yeah. heard it on this podcast. So that's that's sitting on the horizon too. Um, oh god, there's so much work. Well, we got to release the other game system that we've play tested. Actually, the zombie system. Zombie. Okay, listen, because that I, one's coming out first. Because that one won't take as long compared to the other one. So, so during the pandemic, we got busy in a bunch of different ways, and um, we forced Matt to play this old design he had come up with, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and we did it what twice i think yeah and it it's a it's just friggin hilarious so it is called right now it's code name is zombie run but imagine if you took a ttrpg and smashed it together with something like xcom <laughs> and some other stuff and the whole point is 
like that 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 kind of game is to just get off the map. That's that's yeah. it. You, well, you like like just survive. Survive and get off the map. Like there's no there's no bringing your character back for the next adventure, right? It's literally yeah. build a character and try and get him off the map. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it's meant to be played very fast. You, you know, oh my god! So you could, it was there's like so much fun. Different little scenarios that will happen, and um, it it, it is a lot of fun. Like I I want to go back and work on it, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yep. I just I what during the play test. This is hilarious. One of one of our other players, Dustin. He trips and falls next to my character. I abandon him. I just like, Oop, I, you're on your own, man. See you later. And by the by the end of the game, he escapes. I'm dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was that was so much fun. <laughs> that was a hoot, man. Oh my god, that was that was just that was beyond fun. <laughs> I'm just sitting yeah. there like oh, I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, because it's um, a it's a game where, I mean, j just like when playing actual zombie video games, if you try to fight, you know, more than one or two zombies, you're probably gonna die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even like so, making a video game reference, right? It's somewhat reminiscent of like you know when. Uh, you get into a hardcore situation in Project Zomboid, right? Where yeah. it's it's just like uh, you're gonna die, or seven um, days to die, right? Is or, that yeah? Is that the one seven, that we played a few times? Yeah, seven days yeah. to die, like especially on the you know when it's the the red moon or whatever. Yeah. Oh my god, they just keep coming and coming and coming. So. It's man, we definitely got to get that one out the door too. That that was a lot of fun. Oh, uh, eventually. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we could we could have used a, a smaller game engine, you know, to you know, I'm not going to mention any names, but you know, something a little less intense than Unreal to to even have a complimentary video game to go with the with the board game or the the you know the TTRPG rules version of it. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. True, true. Just, you know. Anyway. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to I had to keep getting that little little jab in there. A little bit, I could tell. A little so, bit. A little bit. Um But I you know, TTRPG, I mean, look, these these uh these Silver Flame Legacy books, man, they're they're just these things are a hoot, man. They're they're a lot of a lot of fun. We've play tested through this first book. And man, we did we not have just a blast? Yeah, yeah. You, you know? guys, um, I'm trying to remember if there's anything like super like, crazy that happened. Um, uh, well, my rogue. Oh right? yeah, oh yeah, oh, and Andy's character, the fucking doctor <laughs> that liked to touch people's faces and stuff, and he he would only be sober if he was drunk. And if he wasn't drunk, then <laughs> yeah. he would be not uh, just, or just completely beside himself. Like he's a complete nervous wreck unless he's drinking. And Dustin's character is the only straight man of yeah, like like the <laughs> like the the only character that was just normal. <laughs> right? 
I was the definition of a murder hobo. Just where? And and freaking um. Oh my god, that's right. That one encounter in chapter two, you didn't even like let let it play out. You just went and killed the person. I I don't want to I, I don't want to spoil it, but you just went oh, and killed I mean, the person right away. I'm just like, oh fuck. <laughs> and you got like a crit too. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, she's she's. I mean, I'm not going to give any details because it's in the book, but she's getting very belligerent with some other people and they looked so helpless i was just like you know what <laughs> i mean what popped i'll tell you what popped into my head as we're playing it like and you describe it right i'm just like you know bitch because i knew who she was right from someplace else right yeah you know, previous event I mean, it's just like, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> just went for it, right? I've had enough. Right, so, so I will say this one thing. The one thing that I really enjoyed with that encounter um, is something that I just made up on the spot, which then made it into the book, was the spider. Oh, man. I, I did not plan for the spider oh, at all, but... But when but when some of the people ran off into that direction, I'm like, you know what? There's some spider webs there. Um, there's gonna be a giant spider that just eats them. <laughs> that was that was perfect. That was just because you, so... the players, saw it, but the characters just never knew what happened to those people. They just there was no screams or nothing. Right. God, that was just perfect. Right. Yeah, I made that up on the spotlight, and then I'm like, "All right, this is going in the book now." I love that's, it. Yeah, <laughs> that's got to go in. And and so, that yeah. that's what I love when we do the play testing because it's it's stuff like that, like this whole spider thing or just other events mm -hmm. will just be like, "Okay, that's making it into the book now." Like what you guys did now. Now we're gonna do it this way now, and um, you know, and and even. When, you know, I don't know if you had already planned that out, like with, I, I, I see, I'm struggling here. Did you, and I can't give away too much, but the, um, the halfling and the dwarf, was that, did that come out in the play testing or, you, you know, oh, at, oh, oh, um, or was that something you had wanted to do all along? I don't even remember now. Um, it seemed like that came out in discussions. Like we we're like, well, if that's true, you know, maybe he needs to be more, or somebody, one of us, convinced. Yeah, I don't remember now it, how pushed, that came about. I think one of us, one of the party members, kind of was really kind of talking to to the dwarf and emphasized yeah. a course of action for him, and I think that is what kind of made it into the book. It, that, that's probably what happened. Yeah, I think so. I can't, yeah, it, I can't remember now because it's, yeah. And, and we can't give away too much because it's, it's just good stuff. Uh, it really yeah. is. No, it's, um, I'm excited for it. It's, um, I'm excited to start the next book. Um, I, here's what I love the most. For anybody who's listening is the world is literally yours like we yes we have touched on a little corner of the world and built out and fleshed out a little bit of this world um 
but god it, it's so great to have a framework of a world like you know here are the continents yeah. and here's things but like it's not like a book you know there's there's no like okay on this continent you've got this political people and this and that and yeah there, there's you know. general ideas of of stuff and there are parts of the world that are more developed due to just my years of making this world right right and all that but it, it, but where you're getting at yeah we are definitely gonna have the community really you know if they want to pitch in and develop their own stuff hey let's let's freaking do it you know that yeah. there's no you know yeah i mean as look, long as it, it's a good idea it throw it out there and you know at the end of the day we're you know we're not at you know we're not asking people to do our work for us or to write our stuff yeah, but if, yeah. if but if but if you have something that you want to share you know and put it out there for people to use and you want to be creative or test even just test the waters right maybe you come mm -hmm. up with your own you know and that's the beautiful thing about it is um you know maybe you are that person who's going to create a adventure book in this world right in yeah. a part of the world that is your adventure it's it's you want to put it out there and it's part of the go for it right you know do it yeah it, it's the, the way that i like to look at it is as we start building up our community start building up our audience and there's going to be people out there that want to do what we're doing right but they just don't know how to do it or they're too scared nervous not sure if their ideas are good enough you know or, or just not sure how to go about it like we'd be happy to help at that point yeah. you know and and if it's a really good idea and you want to work with us and all that, hey, that'd be great. Yeah, and if you want to do it by yourself, do it by yourself. That too. I, I, th I, th I think that's maybe something you and I and Kurt should talk about is like maybe kind of, you know how like there's, um, you know, some of these it game systems like Unity and Unreal like have partner programs or, or developer programs. We should probably think about that so that there's a, a clear-cut path on how third you know content creators who want to build a module can can work with our world and work with us and make it kind of canon if you will and put you know put it into the universe so that you know somebody else maybe can't use that same town and create a whole different i mean they could create a whole different history around it but you know what i mean where it's like you know i i don't know we should maybe think about that yeah yeah as as we start growing and all that that'd be cool idea like also like try to teach classes too or something once yeah. we get some more books under our belt and you know because <laughs> it, it's I don't, I don't know and maybe i get the wrong impression online as i look on social media like so much of it feels so closed off and all that and because mm -hmm. it's as much as yes we want to make money on this I mean, I, I think as far as the TTRPG space, we're under no illusion that we're going to become as big as Paizo or Hasbro or anything. It's the D and D is is the face of TTRPGs and will be for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. There's no ifs or ands or buts about it. It's just nope. the reality of it. But if we can, you know, obviously we want to make a little money because we want to. I'd love to take that money and reinvest and all mm -hmm. that stuff into our, our other projects. 
but if we could also help people out there, you know, too. I mean, I'm always about mentoring other people and, you know, Agreed. lifting I, people I, up. I, I think it's just, uh, you know, it's kind of the right thing to do, right? It, it's, you know, everything doesn't have to be about how do I make an extra couple of bucks off of something, right? Yeah. I think that success success is when you when you really lift the people up around you as well that's what success really looks like and you know money money takes care of itself it'll yeah. it'll be there in one way or shape or form um you know i and and i you know that's what that's what i don't understand why some of these companies make these really awful decisions when you, you're you're obviously not thinking it through you're not really considering the real players if you want to call that that are you know involved with your organization you know and shareholder greed uh, it's you know yeah i mean I, you know financials I, there's so much to it if you're you know that i honestly you know i i, I can't fight the whole financial world but you know um i remember a time for instance when coca-cola said we've had enough with quarterly expectations if you don't want to invest in us fine we will put out a yearly report that's all we're doing we are not going to put quarterly reports out we're not chasing the next up and down and you know left and right in the graph or what's happening on wall street tomorrow we're done at the end of at the end of every year and and i don't know if, if they have since changed this but this was some time ago Mm. They just they just said we're done. We're not doing that anymore. This is you can, you can get our year-end report on our you know whenever our financial year-end ends. And if you want to invest, fine. If you don't, fine. But you know we're we're still going to be the biggest you know soft drink company or beverage company you know in this space. And mm -hmm. they are, and they have been. And I think you know, um, you know, uh, to your point, you don't need to chase greed and squeeze every nickel out of something man um so no, and, I, and I, I don't think we started walrus to do that i mean not at all i mean yeah would it be awesome for us to quit our day jobs and yeah. do this oh hell yeah i mean hell yeah i mean i'm not gonna deny mm. that but obviously if that was our goal it, it's gonna take time it is to and, do that and, and and the video games is where it's gonna be at for for that to try to make that a reality to be honest it's yeah it is but but i, I it, it's not gonna that's you know i think a, a that has to be and it is our core belief right is you know we want to bring as many people along for that journey as as, as possible yeah. and and yes i mean if you want to say well what what is one of your immediate goals it, it is to generate enough recurring revenue so that we can quit our current jobs and just do walrus game studio as a career absolutely right um I, well so if know. we're going to replace my day job salary i'm going to need at least half a mil a year um with a private jet <laughs> it's, it's only 20 bucks and i mean 15 bucks an hour <laughs> that's it <laughs> he's lying <laughs> no but so I mean that that's really kind of the goal, man. I mean, look, be, let's be honest. That that is a goal. That we do want 
to do this full time. And that's what we're striving for and fighting for. Right. But past that, right. It's, you know, it's grow the company in a way that is beneficial, not just to us, but our, our, our fans, our community, our, our player base, you know, um, and getting them involved. You know, it, there's nothing, man, there is nothing like having a community of people who are modding, you know, something that you've built. Just look at how many years Gary's mod has been out there, right? And the, Oh, the, oh I, I've got one better for you. <laughs> look how many years Doom has been <laughs> around and been modded to hell. <laughs> people right. are still modding Doom. Right. <laughs> so... You know, that's that's when you know that you're doing things right because you're, you know, people are doing that and it's not really something, you know, we, we've moved on to other things and it's great to see people continue to work with it without going back to them and saying, you know, well, you owe us or you can't do that. Yeah. Now, you know what? That's not us, man. Go have fun with it, man. Do something interesting, you know? So. Did, did you ever see that someone put doom on a pregnancy test? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, I don't know how they did it, but oh my God, I can't believe they like out of, yeah, that you can literally put doom on anything. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, so. I think that's a good place to wrap it up here. Like yeah, we got a lot so. of good conversation going on and it was really good. Um, so I think to end it here, um, just once again, our Kickstarter is October 3rd and it will last until November 2nd. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, cause 30 days yep. and, 30 days. um, October 3rd, I'm doing an all day stream. Dante will show up at some point. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm tr I'm still trying to mentally prepare myself for the all day because it's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's it's a long time. Um, and Dude, then that's, I think you need to definitely have a game plan going into that. Well, well, yeah, I, I'm working on that now. And then, um, yeah, and then yeah, the the Kickstarter, um, uh, more podcasts will be coming out. Try, trying to do one at least once a week, um, especially while the Kickstarter is live, and then. I guess we'll just go from there. Um, okay. Find us, you know, all the links to Walrus are going to be in the show notes and in the YouTube description. So just follow us all there and yeah, have a good one, everyone. All right. See you guys later. Been, been entertaining. Yeah. Bye.